Welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio. Me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And uh, we have got a treat for you guys this week. Um, you know, again, we're always trying to bring on different types of guests, people with different types of backgrounds, but the, the common theme being things that can help you, again, with your business, with your mindset, making you a better business owner, better person, helping you accomplish more, be more successful, et cetera. And so this week, we're going to talk about having a world record mindset and uh, what you are capable of doing. And sometimes some of the things that are required of having that type of mindset. And so uh, this week's guest is a, again, you know what we do here, man. We don't just bring on anybody. So this person, who, who better to talk about a world record mindset than someone who has, I don't know, maybe broken a world record, two, five, eight. How about someone who's broken 15, yes, 15, one, five world records. Do you think that'd be someone good to talk about world record mindset? Of course it would. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Mr. Kenny Patterson. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, look, man, I'm, I, I, I got to tell you guys, I, um, I, Kenny trained at a gym here in Columbus, a private gym, Westside Barbell, for those of you sort of in that, in the powerlifting world would certainly know that name. And, um, and then I trained with him for a bit when he left, after he left Westside Barbell. And uh, he's since moved on. He's living out in Arizona now and enjoying that nice warm weather while we're freezing our butts off back here in Ohio. But uh, I saw an interview he did with another guy he used to train with for a long time. And I was fascinated by things they talked about. And, and a lot of it was about mindset. And so I, I'm like, gosh, I got to have Kenny on the show. Um, and so, Kenny, tell us, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your, 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 I guess, your competitive journey, how you got started. I know you got started as a teenager. How did that all come to fruition? So it really began with high school football. Um, my high school was kind of catty corner from where Westside Barbell was opening their first commercial gym. And so one day on the way home from football conditioning my freshman year, I saw all these enormous guys moving all this equipment into the gym. So me being inquisitive, I ride up with my bike and I go in and I ask them, you know, what it is, what's going on. And so the owner, who obviously is world famous, Louis Simmons, owner of Westside Barbell, mm -hmm. you know, told me, I think it was like, come back next Wednesday, we'll be open and then you can join or whatnot. And that was really the start of it. I had, I had always been interested in sports. I athletically, as a child, I was very gifted. I uh, started training, weight training about 12 years old at the local YMCA. And obviously you really don't know what you're doing. So you're seeing the bigger guys in there and you just try and emulate what they're doing. <laughs> yep. But, but it was really when I set foot in that gym the first time and then saw strength at a whole different level, albeit the level at that time wasn't what we pushed it to, but it was still as a 14, 13 year old kid, I think it was 13 or 14 at the time, um, you know, walking in and seeing these guys that are, you know, 220, 30, 40, 60 pounds of really just muscle and aggression was kind of like, it was addictive. And so that was kind of what pulled me into that sport. Yeah. And so it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because, and we talked a little bit before we even got uh, started and came on, came on air here, but you know, it's, it's a whole nother mindset when you, you know, Kenny mentioned before we got on, you know, started is, you know, you go into a gym and you see someone, those of you are in the gym and go to the gym, work out, you know, you see someone put 225 on the bar and benching, which is two big plates on each side. And, you know, in most gyms, that's a lot of weight. 
you know, when you put two plates on each side, you, know, you get some attention around most gyms, you know, most of those, you know, commercial gyms that, you know, the plant fitnesses of the world and all that kind of stuff. If you're pushing 225 for reps, people are like, holy crap, who the heck is that? But we're talking about a whole nother level from there. I mean, um, so to talk, to talk to us a little bit about how getting in there, especially as a young guy. So what was the average age of some of the other folks that were in there when you started as a teenager? Uh, probably the people that were really adamant about the powerlifting aspect of it were probably in their, we'll call it like mid twenties to early thirties. So that was, you know, the Chuck Vogelpool's Gino Cardi, you know, play, people like that, that were really into the sport already competing and things like that. So they were younger people. And then obviously Louie was probably later thirties, maybe ish. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, you know, as, as a young person, when you 14 years old and you see these people 10 years older than you, the one thing that you realized was they had to start somewhere too. Yep. And so from day one, I always had a visualization of that's where I'm going to be and I'm going to beat these people. Now, why I thought that, not really sure. It could have just been a lost kid, but <laughs> in the end it worked out. Um, but, but it was really just about seeing the success of some of these people and, and watching what they do and seeing the effort that they put into their craft and, and kind of emulating that and just kind of riding their coattails, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it, though, you know, isn't it? I mean, because, again, if you're you, they talk about you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with. And especially when you're trying to do things that are that are world record breaking type things, you have to be around the right people. You know, you're not going to no offense to people who train at Planet Fitness, but you're not going to see when someone coming out of Planet Fitness, you know, doing some of the things that you guys did at Westside Barbell or even in other big gyms, because I think a lot of it is you become the big fish in a small pond and you feel, feel like, you know, you're head honcho. And so you don't push beyond some of those, what you consider to be boundaries. Whereas at a place like Westside Barbell, there are no freaking boundaries, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the things for me, like I said, coming in as a kid, I, I didn't have expectations about what I was doing. Right. So I didn't know what was possible. Mm -hmm. And I remember that the people that I really looked up to and I lied is Louie, obviously being one of them. Chuck mm -hmm. Vogelpool was another one. Chuck was a local kid. Like I was, we grew up on the next street over I think he's about 10 years older than me. Um, and I remember the one day that kind of put me on the map. So Chuck at the time was probably one of the stronger, if not one of the strongest person that we had at his body weight. And a couple of years in, I think I might've been about 18, 19 years old. I finally outbenched Chuck, never going to out squat him or out deadlift him. You're aware of that. Um, <laughs> but, but I finally outbenched him at like 19 years old. And I remember thinking like, that's when you arrived. That's when, when you kind of knock off an idol, and I don't want to say knock off like from a total perspective, but right. one lift, which obviously is what I'm known for. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, that was the day that you kind of put your flag in the sand. And you say, I've arrived. I'm here now. Now let me make my mark. Yeah, no, that's got to be huge. I can't even imagine, especially at that young of an age, you know, like I said, even saying you were whatever, five, six years in at that point, you know, uh, and again, you have any idea what you were benching when you joined Westside Barbell? So the, I, I actually joined, um, like I said, it was summer, I think it was summer of 88 and Louie had put on like a little, we'll call it a gym meet, kind of like to get people accustomed to the sport and drawing them into to what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think my first, I was 145 pounds body weight. And I think I benched like 165 and it, I just had a natural strength. I think that's my, that's my God given talent. Mm -hmm. And it, it really just escalated from there. And I, re, I remember going into my sophomore season of, of football and being the second strongest person on the team. 
um, you know, behind all the seniors that have been there for four years. But I, I do remember certain numbers. I mean, obviously I'm old enough now. I can't remember everything, but <laughs> even coming out of high school, one of my, my goals through high school was to always bench 500 before I got out of high school. I did not accomplish that. My best bench in high school as a senior was 465. And, and I think it was September of the year I graduated, I actually benched 500 for the first time at 18 years old. Wow. Wow. So guys, those of you guys listening, right? You probably, most of you are just like, wait a minute, we'll, we'll back up. He just, did he just say 500 pounds, 465 pounds? You guys have no idea. We're, we're going to get into more of Kenny's accomplishments. I told you this guy's a 15 time world record holder. 500 is nothing. Okay. We're going to talk about much bigger things than that um, coming up. So uh, we're going to hit the break here, uh, pay some bills. We are going to come back, give the Mr. Biz tip of the week. And we're going to talk a little bit more with Kenny about some of the things they did at Westside Barbell and some of the methodologies and the mindset that it takes. And of course, in the last segment, he's going to tell us some habits to create a world record mindset. Are you looking for ways to streamline your business? If so, Pulse can help. Pulse is a CRM and marketing automation platform with many features, such as email and text message marketing, project boards, quoting and invoicing, and so much more. If you're a franchise, we also have a franchise-specific version with robust franchise management capabilities. Request your demo today at thepulsespot.com. Again, that's thepulse, P-U-L-S-E, spot.com. If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. You can have live access to your very own CFO, plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. Join Mr. Biz Nation at MrBizSolutions.com. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. It's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week, and this week is a simple, simple tip. Business owners, entrepreneurs, be a solution. Stop trying to overthink things. If you are a solution for someone, they will do business with you. If you can help them get from bad to good, they're going to hire you if you can do that. So think about how to be a solution. Stop you know, overthinking the crap out of things and trying to get all fancy. It really breaks down to being a solution for your customers, your clients. It is literally that simple. So that's the Mr. Biz tip of the week. And I should mention a lot of business owners come to me seeking strategies on how to improve their cash flow, things like that, especially during this pandemic. Unpaid invoices often play a role with those challenges. Luckily, with Porter Capital, Mr. Biz's go-to business lender, you can receive funding in as little as 24 hours. So to get working capital that you need when you need it, visit portercap.com forward slash Mr. Biz and set up an appointment and have them help you. Good folks over there at Porter Capital. All right, let's get back into talking with this week's guest, Kenny Patterson. And actually, Kenny, before we get into any stories, I want to make sure uh, I'm not remiss in, in mentioning this. So Kenny was very kind enough to come on the show, and I promised him by coming on the show, I said, look, man, and you know, he doesn't have a business. He's not a business owner. I said, look, what do you want to promote? Let's, let's, let's figure out something that we can help, help you help someone you know. And so I want to make sure we get this in now, and, and we'll try to mention it again later in the show. But um, uh, Ken, you want to tell us a little, about, a little bit about the, the, that, um, uh, what you want to promote? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, being from Ohio, coming from Hilliard, uh, moved out to Arizona, and it just so happens that our neighbors are from Dublin, Ohio. So we became good friends with them. And unfortunately, as we got to know them, we realized that they had lost uh, their oldest son to drug addiction. And, you know, many people have gone through this. A lot of people won't talk about it. They're very open. Uh, it affected my family as well. So Vicki, my neighbor, um, she's kind of dedicated her life to uh, drug addiction awareness and things like that. She's written a book. She's currently in the process of writing three more uh, children's books to help children um, learn how to cope with it. Maybe if they're in a, in a family where the parent is often in and out, maybe they're in rehab, things like that. And, and she's just, she's such an advocate to educating people, especially the youth uh, and, and driving that home to people that it, this, this addiction and, and I guess disease happens to good families. Mm-hmm. And so um, she started to GoFundMe. She's in the process, like I said, of, of writing three more books. And she did a GoFundMe to try and raise funds for the illustration. She does this all out of pocket. It's not necessarily a business or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've just tried and help her gain awareness and, and get that GoFundMe out there to try and get her, her money raised for the illustrations to get these next three books out. Yeah, so let me mention that. And we'll put these in the show notes as well, uh, links to both of these. But her website is moo that's m-o-o dash it's an acronym you'll see why moo dash mothers opposing opioids.com so again moo dash mothers opposing opioids.com is her website you can find her first book and more information about what she's trying to do and the gofundme link again we'll put it in the show notes of course but if you go out to gofundme and you search for i just did this yesterday to make it as simple as possible if you search for three children's books about addiction you'll find her gofundme and you can help out and uh, help her create those ne- other three books. And again, like Kenny said, I, I was researching when I was doing show prep. These are books aimed at four to eight-year-old kids, right? You got to get out in front of this problem. You can't wait until someone's 15, 16. And in some cases, it's too late at that point. So it's really good cause. So uh, I really appreciate that. I want to make sure we highlight that a little bit before we get into some of the, some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. Um, so moving on. Tell us, you know, some of that mindset, um, maybe even share a couple of, of stories or anecdotes here and there that illustrate some of the, the mindset that you guys had at Westside to be able to do some of the things you did. You know, I'll be honest with you, it really, <laughs> so I, you almost had, for what we did, you almost have to be a bit crazy, right? Like, <laughs> like I said, I mean, the, as we were talking earlier, the, the weights that some of us were climbing up under can kill you, right? So obviously my best bench of all time was 728 pounds. At the time, um, at one point in time, I held the world record in three different weight classes simultaneously, which I was the first person to do. Also, when I benched over 700, I was the youngest person to ever do it at the time. So I had quite a few claims to fame. Uh, But really, I mean, from a mindset perspective, you just have to, you have to believe there's nothing that can stop you. But, but to do so, you also have to be putting in all of the work necessary. So you have to think about it as the competitors that, that I'm competing against. And I was very fortunate to have another world record holder that I competed against, George Halbert, in our very gym. Mm-hmm. So we would trade world records back and forth. And my mindset always had to be, no matter what he's doing, I have to be outworking him. If, you know, mm-hmm. if he's done you know, six reps with something, I have to do seven. And, and it really just... It's about waking up and doing everything that you think you have to do to be successful. But first and foremost, you have to see yourself of being successful. I was a big visualization person. I would always sit and even when competitions would come up, I would literally play the competition through in my head, mm-hmm. what it was going to be like, your preparation for it, the meet day, weigh-ins, all of that. And 
you really just have to be dedicated to your craft. And, you know, I hate to say it this way, but there's a lot of sacrifices along the way, you know, both, you know, personal and professional. I mean, mm-hmm. we all had, you know, jobs that we worked every day that came first and foremost, but your priority one B was competitions, right? Competing, training. And unfortunately the people that often sacrificed were your family. I mean, I can go back and tell you that, you know, if, if bench day fell on Christmas morning, my daughter had to wait until I got home from the gym to open Christmas gifts because Mm -hmm. we trained that morning. And so it was really, you just poured your heart and soul into doing what you were passionate about. Yeah. Well, it goes back to, so entrepreneurs, business owners, you guys have heard this a million times. You're the product of the five people that you spend the most time with. That's exactly what he's talking about. What Kenny's talking about here, people in the gym, like he mentioned, he had another world record holder that he was training with in the gym. So he's got a, a training partner slash, frankly, rival, right? But he has, that's, that's one of those people, that's one of those five people that he's spending the most time with that he knows what the possibilities are. And by the way, if you guys missed it, did you hear what he said? 728 pounds he bench pressed. And by the way, I saw him bench more than that in the gym. But for those of us who compete, we don't count gym lifts. Those don't count. And the only thing that counts is what you do in a competition as judged by three judges, et cetera. So he's, I saw him bench, I'll just say, much more than that in the gym. Um, so uh, but by the way, while we're talking about that, we've only got a little, a little over a minute left in the segment, but you might as well throw out there too. What about your deadlift and squat? Let's just blow people away a little bit more. So my best <laughs> squat was 881 uh, and my best deadlift was 661. So the one thing, the one thing I was always known for is as a bench press specialist. So, you know, mm-hmm. obviously powerlifting their squat bench and deadlift. Well, people don't realize about me that I also at one point in time had the sixth highest total of all time in the 220s. 220, so, yeah. yeah, so through the course of kind of specializing on the bench, I, to be real transparent, I got a little bit bored with it. So you want to challenge yourself in other areas and competing or training alongside all of these other, you know, full power lifters is what they called them. Um, you, you just kind of gravitated right into it. And, you know, it turns out obviously – most benchers aren't going to be good deadlifters. Obviously, you're aware of that just mm-hmm. because of the, the makeup of your body. Yep, yep. But, but, you know, becoming a big squatter, I squatted over 900 in the gym. We don't count those, obviously. Yeah. But that, that's something else I was extremely proud of is being, you know, sixth highest total of all time at the 220s in the time, but to be known as a bench press specialist. Right. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And so, again, think about the five people that Kenny's around. He's around people that are squatting over 1,000. So him, he's he's in the high 800s, which is amazing. But he's looking up, going, "Crap, I'm way behind because I got guys squatting over a thousand, right?" So it's who he's comparing himself to. Those five people that he's around the most—that's what makes a big difference. We're gonna come back, and Kenny's gonna give us some habits to create a world record-breaking mindset. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, 
including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show again. Talking this week with Kenny, 15-time world record holder, Kenny Patterson. And again, I want to mention the cause that we're going to try to support during the show. Guys, go out, check it out. Moo, M-O-O, dash, mothersopposingopioids.com. Look, this thing is such a huge problem in today's world, unfortunately. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain to say that if you your family hasn't been directly impacted, you know someone who has. So super important. Um, this woman that Kenny knows really well has created one book. It's it's aimed at four to eight-year-old kids, helping them learn about it and steer them away from it, obviously. And she's also trying to write three more, and she started a GoFundMe. So if you go out to GoFundMe, uh, the, the GoFundMe.com, and, and search for three children's books about addiction, you'll find her GoFundMe to help her. Uh, fund those next three books. And again, we'll put the, the, these links in the uh, the show notes as well. So it's easy to find and easy to get to, but definitely a, a cause that we are fully in support of and uh, super important, especially with everything going on in the world today. So, so Kenny, talk to us a little bit about, um, I know it's going to be tough to boil this down in, you know, eight minutes or seven minutes or whatever, but think about, t- tell us about some habits you think that we need to create to have, to, you know, create that world record type mindset. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to boil down in eight and a half minutes. Um, <laughs> so, so I think one of the things, you know, obviously the, the primary, your primary target audience is business owners, right? So I think much like us as powerlifters, you have to have a plan. So I think we always, or I should say, I always kind of looked at um, my training for a competition as like a project plan, which is what I do today. I'm a project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think going into everything you do with a plan and being able to kind of stick to the plan, but not, not being afraid to kind of waver from the plan because everything that we do doesn't always work. So there has to be some flexibility to your approach to how you're doing things. I think one of the other really important things, whether you're a beginning lifter, a new business owner, a world champion or whatever, you have to be willing to listen and learn from other people because mm-hmm. there's so many times that we were around other people that maybe weren't necessarily the caliber of lifter you are, but maybe something they were doing, you thought, oh, I'm going to try that. And you did, and it pushes you to the next level. So I think being humble and being open-minded to learn from others and being able to incorporate things and being willing to fail. So I think that's everything that we do is not going to be successful. I can tell you I could, if we sat and talked for hours, I could tell you for every five things we did that we succeeded at, we probably failed at a hundred because we were always trying to push the level of training or that threshold of what can we do new and innovative in the world of strength training that may push us to the next level. And ultimately may push, it may have set you back, but at the end of the day, you have to continue to push. And one thing I tell people, if, if I could physically do it again, obviously at, at 48, I can't do it today. But if I went back and duplicated the same training I did for the first time I benched 700, the probability of me benching 700 again is slim and none because your body's already become acclimated to it, right? So you've Mm -hmm. done it before. So you have to continually push your volume and your work capacity up, which I think is the same thing that you have to do in your business, right? You can't can't become complacent with being here when you're trying to reach up here. So it's how do I get to that next level? What do I need to do to push myself? And I think 
learning and trying things and being willing to fail is ultimately how we achieve success. Yeah. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that for sure. I mean, again, I think a lot of these things are applicable across and that's why, and frankly, not just for business owners either. I mean, for everybody, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, everyday people, they need these types of things. They need to have this mindset. Um, you know, it's funny. I'll just real quick jump in with, uh, I'm sure you remember Dave Waterman, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Mr. Four Foot Eleven, like built like a brick crap house, right? Yep. Comes on the scene. And I remember I went down to, I'm trying to think, I think it was in Daytona. Uh, you, George, JM bench down there as well. Waterman was there. And I remember talking to Waterman because, again, just like you're talking about, I was trying to learn. And I remember him telling me something I could not believe. I was asking about his training. And I asked, oh, you know, talking about, you know, how often does he fail in training? And he he looked at me like I was ridiculous. And he said, I, I haven't missed a training left in, I don't know, probably six months. And that just seems so foreign to me. Right. I mean, Jam and I talked about it. And I'm like, I think he's missing a boat. Like, as good mm-hmm. as he was, how, how much better could he have been, you know? Yeah, I, I think one of the things, too, when you go back, and, and obviously you were around the sport for quite a while. Mm-hmm. There, I don't want to call them one hit wonders, but <laughs> you've seen a lot of people burst onto the scene and didn't last very long. So one of the things I think about Westside Barbell and, and what I was able to accomplish there was longevity. So things that I think I'm probably as proud of, if not anything else, was for 10 consecutive years, I benched over 700 pounds in competition for 10 yeah, years. That's insane. And there's people, yeah, there's people that didn't have two-year careers. Right. And And so one of the other things was, you, you put yourself in a position when you're, when you're so good at something to everyone else, you're a world record holder or a world champion. And the expectation is that you're going to beat that every time out. But when you're the only person that's ever done it, it puts another level of pressure on you. So when you think about Usain Bolt and running the hundred meters, he didn't break the, the hundred meter record every time he ran. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting because if I went out and if my best bench was 728 and I end up benching you know, 715 in a competition, people would ask, Oh my God, what happened? I'm like, well, I've been 715. <laughs> that's what happened, you know? Yeah. And so it's interesting the way people perceive, you know, what it takes to do something. They just think you're going to walk out and lay down and, and just do amazing things. And it's just so much different. You know, when you think about what well, I get questions quite a bit on um, social media, even though I haven't competed since 2005. And what I really enjoy is kind of talking to some of the younger people, so some, some of the lessons that I like to tell people, everything that I learned training at Westside Barbell from 1988 till 2003, I actually applied all of those lessons learned and mentalities in my professional career. So I've been with the same company for 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned is the harder you work, the more success you have, <laughs> the more income you gain, you know, it just, it, you can't replace hard work and right. dedication, right? So you know, obviously, even to this day in my professional career, people will say I'm obsessed with, you know, with work. And to me, obsessed is just a word that lazy people use to describe the dedicated. Yeah. And, you know, so I always tell people if you're if you're powerlifting, if you're whatever you're doing, do it for fun. If it's not fun, don't do it because it's not paying you anything. It actually costs a ton of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but use the lessons that you're learning from strength training to apply to your real world scenarios in life. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly why I wanted to have you on a show, Kenny, because I think, again, that mindset, look, I, I had an example, and I don't, I'll just real quick, I, I went to Nationals one year, and I had already won a couple world championships at the time, and I went to Nationals, and I finished third, 
I went for the win on my third lift. I had a terrible meet, went for the win on my third lift, didn't get it, ended up finishing third. I was so ticked at myself that I pulled the, I threw the trophy away, but I pulled the uh, little, uh, little nameplate off. Mm-hmm. I drilled a hole in it and I put it on my keychain because I wanted to carry that freaking thing around with me as a reminder every single freaking day between nationals and the world championships that I fell well, way short. People, same thing. People are like, you finished third in the national championships. Oh my gosh. How are you disappointed in that? I'm like, cause I've already won four world championships. Right. Third in the nationals sucks. That's terrible. Right. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you're crazy. I carried that damn thing around. I, I set a world record at the, at the uh, worlds that year because yeah, I needed that reminder. Absolutely. One of, one of the greatest things about that sport specifically to me was whether you did good or you did bad, it still fueled you to train. So, yeah. you know, for me, if I broke a world record or I done something, you know, great for myself, I, I wanted to get back in the gym because it kind of reinvigorated the hunger to be better. Mm-hmm. And obviously if you failed, you were just pissed and you wanted to get back in the gym <laughs> and start training right away. So, yeah. No, that is the beauty of the sport. I, that's one of the things I love about it the most. Um, I think, and I miss it. Um, I've been contemplating trying to come back and, and and try to do maybe one more competition, but man, I just don't know. I don't know if the body can take it. Uh, so. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Kenny, I really appreciate you coming on the show again. Kenny Patterson, 15-time world record holder, shared a lot of good things. I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show, Kenny. No, my, my pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great week. And don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website.